Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, with my main man, Grayson Boone, in the building. And this is going to be Grayson's episode to lead this thing and talk about baseball. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've known Grayson for quite some time now. And I have never seen his eyes light up in the same way <laughs> that I had, I did yesterday when I said, hey, we're going to be getting into to, uh, baseball and, and doing a preview. He started off as doing the uh, social media and all that for our club baseball team. So baseball is his background. He knows the sport in a way that I don't, because I just know you want to be strong up the middle, a lot like in football, and that's pretty much it. So in essence, we're going to talk today, all things baseball, getting us ready, recapping last season, looking forward to this season, and talking all things with that. Grayson, does that sound good to you? I'm the resident baseball guy, so I'm fired up for this one. Absolutely. He is our resident baseball guy now. Don't worry, y'all will still see Alex Sawyer some this season, but Grayson is our full-time baseball guy. And before we get into this episode, I got to tell you that it is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So again, folks, we are going to be talking all things baseball, what happened last season, what happened this season, the key returners, the key departures. Obviously, we were all sad to see Tommy Tanks go. We're going to touch on that a little bit. But stick around for all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Grayson, in terms of last season, right, just give the fans a recap of what happened last season, how things went, and all that in terms of baseball, and, and you know, we'll kind of build from there. All right. So, we are now 23 days away from the 2023 season. Uh, I'm going to do my very best to get you kind of caught up so you're ready for that first Friday action here in February. So, uh, last season, we finished with a 36-21 and 21 overall record. Uh, that was good enough for 14 and 15 in the ACC. Kind of disappointing. Uh, I think most Wolfpack fans would, would agree with me on that front. Uh, you know, had a lot of ACC ball games in particular. Really felt like uh, we let slip away there in the late innings. Um, I'll get more in depth on that in just a second. Uh, obviously, you cannot talk about the 2022 season without talking about, you know, arguably the biggest name in college baseball last year and Tommy White. Uh, I will not call him by his nickname. If it sounds like I'm bitter, it's because I am bitter. Uh, Tommy White transferred to LSU uh, this past summer. He was unlike anything we'd ever seen here at NC State before. Uh, you know, he broke the NC State freshman home run record. He broke the ACC freshman home run record. He broke the all-time NC State home run record amongst all uh, classes. He broke the NCAA freshman record of all time. He was first-team uh, first All-ACC, first-team All-Freshman ACC. You name it, he was nominated for it. Uh, he, I think he even finished, like, first all-time freshman RBI leader. Unbelievable. And I want to talk about how cool it was to have a guy like Tommy White on our team for that, for that time period. With the MLB last year starting their season in a lockout, so they started later than normal, all kind of baseball eyes were on college baseball. And Tommy White hitting 
what nine home runs in the first like six games or something unbelievable like that. He had the attention of not just NC State fans, not just ACC baseball fans, not just college baseball fans, baseball fans around the country, even the world. Uh, I'll get into this story another time, but I actually have a lot of Japanese baseball friends that live in Japan. They were messaging me about Tommy White because they know I'm an NC State fan. The reach that Tommy White had on the the planet uh, in late February, early March last year, completely unbelievable. So, uh, yes, I am very bitter that he that he has left us for quote unquote greener pastures down in Louisiana. Um, you know, tongue in cheek. I do wish him the best. Uh, I wish it was in red and white, but you know, the new uh, new reality of NIL these days. I guess uh, unfortunately, this is just something that happens. Um, that being said, we do have some key players coming back from last year. Um, we have we had a couple key uh, departures. Uh, departures are something I think we can we can work past this year. I think we'll be okay. Uh, believe it or not, maybe this is a hot take. Maybe it's not a hot take. Bear with me, Kenton. I think we are a better baseball team without Tommy White. I'll get into that as well. But uh, so just to recap, last year. Um, we started off hot against that's the, the mid-major teams. That's a very teams. bold stance. I just hope you know that's a very bold stance that you better be ready to defend. With a, I'll with back a lot it up. My, I'll back it up. I'll, I'll, say it, have... I'll say it now. I think we will win more games without Tommy White this year than we did with Tommy White last year. I'm just letting you know. We're going to have LSU fans in the comments. We're going to have uh, the Boys and Baby Blue fans in the comments. We're going to have all types of fans from other fan bases say, you're better without Tommy White, so you better be ready to back that up. That's a big statement there. I'm ready. The uh, the GIF on Twitter, you see the guy unsheathing the sword with all the people running at yep. it. That'll be me. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll all right. take that on. I'll take the heat. As long as you're um, ready. All righty. Keep going, man. Keep going. It's your <laughs> show. Go for it. That's right. So, uh, yeah, you know, early on in the season, NC State has become a, a solid program where you expect them to kind of steamroll the mid-majors we see. Uh, you know, in February, going into early March. We did do that uh, until we ran into Northeastern, came into Raleigh and swept us. That was uh, that was a real check yourself moment, I believe. Uh, you know, didn't really do much of anything. Tommy White did nothing that entire weekend. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of panic from Wolfpack fans. I do remember uh, on Twitter about this. I mean, this is early March. So, you know, I was on there trying to trying to put out some fires, but you know, they they definitely had their struggles. Uh, that continued on. I think a couple weeks after that, we had a very good Notre Dame team come into Raleigh. As we all know, college baseball fans, Notre Dame made it to Omaha last year. They went into Knoxville, knocked off the number one team in the country in Tennessee in their own regional. Uh, Notre Dame had an unbelievable season last year. Uh, the head coach of Notre Dame last year was Link Jarrett, who was our very own uh, JT Jarrett's father. JT is uh, he's no longer with us now. He's he's moved on with graduation. Certainly going to miss him. But, uh, you know, I think we, we got some guys coming up to back him as well. But, you know, really had Notre Dame on the ropes here. Bullpen imploded twice in game one. Game two is canceled because of weather. In game three, we imploded again. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, we didn't get to play a whole series. But I guess you could say we were swept by Notre Dame in a series. We really felt like we had a chance at that following weekend. We went down to Florida State. Much of the same. We had a 17-inning game that we should have won in 12 innings. Devontae Brown hit a, a humongous home run uh, in extra innings. 
came, unfortunately came came back to the bottom of the 12th. We gave up another bomb to tie that. Ended up losing that game. We lost two out of three down in uh, Tallahassee. That one stung. Uh, you know, I won't I won't talk about only the negative. However, uh, Wolfpack fans will be very well. They were delighted to see this last year. We swept the season series with ECU. Love beating up on the Pirates, no matter the sport, but especially baseball, because ECU feels like baseball is their that's their baby, that's their golden child. And so when they didn't have that to stand on against us, that felt pretty good too. But ECU was a very solid team last year. They were like single-digit outs away from getting to Omaha, and unfortunately they just couldn't hold on and they ended up losing to Texas uh, in the Greenville Regional. But ECU, I, I would imagine, is going to be very strong again this year. We're going to have to see them twice. Uh, I'll break down the, the 2023 schedule here in just a bit as well. Uh, but then from there, you know, we swept Georgia Tech. They were a very good team. Won the, series against, won the series against Clemson at Clemson. They were so-so, but, you know, Clemson's usually very solid. Uh, a lot of the bullpen struggles continued. We got smoked at Virginia Tech. Uh, unfortunately, the boys in baby blue came into Raleigh and took our lunch money. Um, that was tough to stomach. You know, now, we felt, let, me, uh, let, me, let me stop you here ahead. for a second. Is And what I'm hearing a lot right now is that we had some bullpen implosions that were pretty oh, yeah. bad. But I would also like to add that defensively outside of our bullpen, we committed a tremendous amount of errors through some of these. We guys. did. I feel like we were one of the worst teams in terms of errors in the ACC, which, you know, offensively with all the Tommy Tanks was and, and, you know, all the things that we saw from all the guys at state whose, whose bats got hot along with Tommy's. This was a situation where objectively when you are fielding at that low of a percent, or low of a percentage, you're going to have a hard time getting outs. You're going to have a hard time winning games that you objectively should win. What do you What do you say to that? Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing that up because the, the 2021 NC State team that did make it to Omaha was one of the best defensive teams in the country that year. We had a gold glove first baseman in Austin Murr at the time. JT Jarrett, who played second, was also right up there near 100% fielding percentage. So, Last year's team taking a major step back in that department. Yeah. So, you know, I said it was a lot of the bullpen. When you have a bunch of errors being made behind them, it makes the bullpen look worse than maybe they were. Uh, so defense this year is definitely going to be a main focal point. You know, the offense, NC State's become kind of known for their offense. So I assume they'll they'll keep the train rolling there. But defense and pitching is uh, definitely our big two uh, – points we got to drive home if we want to make uh make make it back to the ncaa tournament this year but yes that's a very good point um Absolutely, but go ahead proceed man proceed yeah so continuing uh continuing on we did <laughs> we did kind of fumble the series against uh unc we had i think we were either tied or had the lead late in two of those games lost both of those uh we we took the middle one but at that point you know you, know, you lose two out of three that's the series so that was tough uh something i found interesting we dropped games to UNCW and Campbell last year. Now, it is a bit unrealistic to think, you know, we should always beat a UNCW. We should always beat an Elon because those are our midweek games. Those are some solid teams from time to time. Campbell last year was very good. Uh, they played well in the Knoxville Regional. They ended up having to run into the buzzsaw that was Tennessee. But Campbell was on pace to shock somebody. I believe they did beat uh, Georgia Tech in that same regional. But, you know, the mid-major, uh, mid-week teams, I should say, the Coastal Carolinas, the Elons, the ECUs, really got to take advantage of those more so this year than last year. Um, you know, I 
I wouldn't like to drop any more games to Campbell or UNCW this year, but you know, every now and then they do surprise you. That's, that's the beauty of college baseball, uh, you know, year in, year out. And then wrapping up the end of last year, Wake Forest came into Raleigh and swept us. Now I'll talk about Wake Forest in just a second. They are likely going to be the top dog in the ACC here in 2023. Um, the ACC has not yet released their preseason standings. They usually do that once February rolls around, but I do anticipate Wake Forest is going to be, uh, they're going to be the team to beat this year. So, and we, we're going to have to travel to uh, Winston-Salem for that series. So I hope uh, hope we're bringing the thunder when that rolls around. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like we were on the bubble or on the cusp of getting into the NCAA tournament late in the season. And and like, you, like you're saying here, these were just – it just – we struggled to get wins when it mattered down the stretch, when it really was like, all right, if we win this series, we're probably in. We come away with – well, darn it, we led most of the way, and it just didn't work out for us. I mean, is that is that the case, or was it like, no, we probably weren't getting in regardless of how these last couple series went? For sure. So the the big games that really hurt us in my mind were the games at Louisville. We blew a couple late leads. The series I just mentioned when Wake Forest came into our house and swept us, that was like right at the end of the season. So, you know, a game or two there definitely would have been very crucial to have. We got none of them, uh, you know. Something I did think helped our resume uh, is we did make it to the ACC championship in the tournament. You know, we did beat Wake Forest there. We shocked Miami. That was a humongous uh, game. Tommy Tanks hit. I just called him Tommy Tanks. Tommy White hit three home runs in that game, and that gave him the NCAA freshman record. Actually, yeah, freshman record. Uh, we we knocked off Pitt that next game, and then we ran into the the buzzsaw, the light the light blue colored buzzsaw. Unfortunately. Uh, we lost in the ACC championship for the second consecutive year, but a lot of NC state fans were very upset that we were on the bubble and then didn't make the tournament. You know, typically a team surging there at the end of the season, they make it to their conference championship. Even if they don't win it, it's a pretty good showing heading into postseason play. Uh, the committee thought otherwise. However, uh, I, I do believe the team that made it in over us off the bubble was old miss. And they were your 2022 national champion uh, as as that played out, which is unfortunate for us to, to sit there and watch. But, uh, yeah, we unfortunately found ourselves to be a bubble team last year. Um, another unfortunate thing is NC State and bubble seems to be in the same sentence a lot. Uh, we're getting pretty sick of that just about every sport. But, but you know what, um, though? But you know what? We've talked about this with basketball. We talked about this with women's basketball. You cannot – if you're an NC State team, you cannot be on the bubble. The That's bubble right. will always curve against you. It doesn't matter how it looks out, how it looks, what it works out to be. If if you're wearing the red and white and you're on the bubble, if you leave any doubt, any doubt as to whether or not you should be in, if there is room for a conceivable gaffe that somehow leaves you out, you're going to get left out. You're going right. to get left out. And so, yeah, you – you mentioned it last episode too. If you give the committee any reason to keep you out, they will find it. And unfortunately mm -hmm. last year for Wolfpack baseball, they left them too much evidence uh, to keep them out of that tournament. So, you know, getting into, uh, I'll get into a couple of the key departures we had from last year goes without saying Tommy White tops that list. Uh, we also had third baseman, Josh Hood. He started at third base for a little bit earlier in the season, slid over to shortstop. He and Peyton Green ended up switching. 
Um, so Josh Hood was our shortstop much of last year. He got drafted in the sixth round by the Mariners. Uh, so we wish best of luck to Josh. He, uh, he started and played, I believe, in all 57 of our games last year. So that's experience. You know, we're going to have to fight hard to replace. Um, the other guy that got drafted from us is uh, our, probably our arguable, arguably our best relief pitcher in Chris Villeman. Um, He came in in a lot of situations last year when the bullpen was struggling and we kind of had to throw him in there to try and put out the fire. Now, uh, there were some times where that was a little too much to ask with, you know, runners already on base and, you know, tough situations to get out of. But Chris, uh, Chris got us out of a lot of trouble, uh, not just last year, but past couple of years. So he will be sorely missed on the back, back into the bullpen. He was drafted in the ninth round uh, by the Tampa Bay Rays. Also lost our starting uh, center fielder, Devontae Brown. He was a captain last year. A uh, very important leader that we got back from that 2021 team. He was one of the few that stayed behind. Um, he was an undrafted free agent, but he did get signed by the Toronto Blue Jays. Wish him best of luck. And then uh, two guys we lost to graduation. Uh, left-handed, left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen, Kanan Silver. He actually found himself in a starting role a couple times last year uh, with the injury that ended uh, Sam Highfield's season pretty early on. Um, Kanan Silver had to step in and start a couple games. Did a fairly pretty good job. Uh, you know, but being a bullpen pitcher, most of your college career being thrown into a starting role is, uh, not exactly, uh, not exactly easy sledding, uh, to keep it light. But, uh, and then we also lost our second baseman, as I mentioned earlier, uh, JT Jarrett. He was probably our best defender last year. We're going to have to figure out how to replace him up the, uh, up the middle in the infield this year. Um, you know, he was also a very vocal leader from that 2021 team that stayed back. He will be sorely missed as well. You know, off this list, Kenton, who's uh, who's the guy you're probably going to miss most outside of Tommy? I mean, it's uh, outside of Tommy. I think that you 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 made it easy there in terms of our second baseman who'd been here for forever in a day. But also Devontae Brown, he he's another one of those guys that felt like he was in a program for like years. Like, yeah. I, let me tell you, I I started covering baseball back when uh, back when Rodon and company were still here. And it it seemed like Devontae Brown was like literally right after them. Like it, it just felt like that may not be the case, but it felt like he was like literally right after them. And he'd been around, he'd been a fixture and he'd gotten better and better and better each year. Uh, so, so Devontae is probably the guy that, and it's, it hurts that, you know, like we talked about earlier, you want to be strong up the middle and those are the spots that we have to replace uh, urgently. But, but, we're going to get to a break here. We're going to talk about uh, – we're going to get to our average and all that. But it seems to me that you believe that we will do a good job of replacing them and getting better than we were last year. It seems that way to me. What say you? I do. I do. I uh, I think the, the good bullpen arms we got in uh, that transferred in, I'll discuss those in just a second. I think shoring up the back of the bullpen is going to be a very crucial piece. Also, I just mentioned Sam Highfill. If he has a healthy year like we saw in 2021, that could make an absolute world of difference. Uh, you know, pitching ultimately was probably our weakest spot uh, in our in our season last year. You know, I think another year of experience for a guy like Matt Willardson, another year of experience for a guy like Whitaker, you know, those guys being your weekend starters, getting a healthy Sam Highfill back to set the tone on a Friday night. I mean, you really can't measure how long that could go. The the difference that could make in the you know the length of a college baseball season, you know, just just on those three alone, I expect 
to see, uh, you know, a lower ERA uh, team wide, which ultimately leads to more more wins. Uh, so Absolutely. when uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get into, uh, you know, more of the position transfers and the incoming freshmen in just a second. But I uh, ultimately, yes, I, I believe our pitching will be better this year. Um, and uh, Sam Highfield is going to be a key proponent to that. Okay, absolutely. Well, let's get into that. But first, folks, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with a $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All, of, all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, basketball fans, baseball fans, whatever sports you're into, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. So, Grayson, we look back at last year. We look back at what was, what happened, all that good stuff. Let's look forward. Let's talk about the players that came in. Let's talk about what we have that makes you believe that we'll be better. There is certainly a lot to be very excited about here in 2023. And right before I get into the players, I'll do that in just a second. I do want to touch on uh, all the facility upgrades we're getting to Doak Field this year. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been working diligently through the fall, uh, still working through the winter. Actually, the team is not able to practice here at home. They've been practicing down the street in Holly Springs, uh, down at Ting Stadium where the Holly Springs Salamanders play, so which is very, uh, very cordial for them to – allow us to get some practices in there so we're ready to go when the season rolls around. But very excited to see what Doak looks like here in just 23 days, uh, you know, just over three weeks. You know, that was a, a multi-million dollar uh, project for stadium enhancement. Long, 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 very long overdue. Uh, you know, I think you've 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 heard Coach Avent kind of hinted that over the years. You've heard multiple players hinted that over the years. The fans have hinted that over the years. We're finally getting some renovations here. Um, just to touch on a few things, they're updating the locker room, they're updating the team lounge, nutrition, sports medicine rooms, the weight room, the batting facility, which is like the big dome looking thing you see down the right field line, uh, in addition to their pitching lab, which is considered the same building. Um, you know, bigger facility improvements, such as a updated playing surface. Now, uh, today is today's Wednesday. Pack Athletics both tweeted and posted on Instagram, uh, you know, some pictures of the updated playing surface. I'm going to I'm going to try and bite my tongue and hold some judgment because what I saw today was interesting to say the least. You know, you know, you know as the Saints say, don't trip, he ain't through with me yet. Now, right. now let's not trip because we are not through with the improvements yet. It may not be ideal. May not be ideal. I understand that, but they're not through yet and hopefully it gets a lot better. It's it's definitely a work in progress to say the least, but the uh, the combination of astroturf and grass. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll save that for another time. However, this, astroturf is the devil. As a, as a former player, again, who who was up from Detroit, where they used to have a silver dome and that astroturf, and going to camps and whatnot, where you were on the astroturf, it is the devil. I mean, it's literally like 
this much. It's like a layer of carpet that's basically this thick and concrete under it. Awful time. Awful time. Zero stars. Would not recommend on Yelp. I can only imagine how tough it is on football players. All the years I grew up playing baseball, I always hated playing on AstroTurf myself. So always been a dirt and grass kind of guy. Uh, you know, I, w- I would imagine most of most baseball players probably are if you were to ask them. Um, so I'll be interested to hear what, you know, the players thoughts on uh, the updated playing surface. But in addition to the playing surface, they're also getting LED lighting. Uh, I did see a video. I believe it was maybe in the fall. It's very similar to what Carter Finley got with the flashing lights and the red glow. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be pretty cool for some night games, maybe some home run, uh, you know, light shows. We'll see how that turns out. We did get an upgraded scoreboard, which is much bigger. That was long overdue. Uh, you know, a lot of people would complain from time to time that the font of reading things was too small. I think it's just because the screen was too small, but uh, they fixed that. They've uh, also updated the sound system, which I think was overdue. They re- they're relocating the bullpens. Uh, they're, they've gotten a lot more branding, a lot more marketing opportunities now. Uh, they're upgrading the seating behind home plate. All the seats are bright red. That looks very good. I've seen in the pictures. Um, they're also adding some premium seating down both the left field and right field foul lines. You know, I think bringing, bringing a larger capacity to Doak field is something that's also been long overdue. I think, uh, for quite some time, we've been behind the eight ball in terms of ACC ballparks go, you know, I think the class has been Louisville and Clemson and even uh, blue team down the street, the light blue team. Uh, I think it's about time we catch up to uh, kind of reflect the success that our baseball team has had over the years. Uh, so all that being said, very excited to see uh, how that turns out. Long overdue, well-deserved, um, but now getting into the season. So Coach Avent, uh, he's entering his 27th year as head coach here. Obviously the longest tenured, the most successful. He has 962 wins just here at NC State. He is 38 wins away from 1,000. That would be an incredible accomplishment. Now, I mentioned earlier, of all the things that went wrong last year, we won 36 games. He he needs 38 games, 38 wins to get to 1,000. I think that is very easily within reach, uh, you know, fixing, fixing, putting some Band-Aids on some things that went wrong last year. I would anticipate Coach Avent will hit 1,000 wins this year. That would be awesome to see. And very well deserved. So, you know, Coach Avent's been such a such a good ambassador for NC State for quite some time. I can't imagine anyone deserves it more than he does. What say you about Coach Avent? You know, I'm to Coach Avent as a member of the media. Coach Avent has always been great because you can ask him the the most innocuous question: How's the weather out today? And he's going to give you a soundbite that is worth it. He's going to give you some quotables that you walk away from and feel good about. He's just a great dude. He's the the model of consistency. And I'm going to tell you, I remember the panic that you're talking about, that you talked about earlier after the Northeastern game, but I said if there's any NC State coach in all of our major sports that I can trust to circle the wagons, there are two, and in very detailed order, number one, Wes Moore, number two, Elliot Avon. I can trust those two that regardless of what's going on with the season, I believe, regardless of how bad we start, those two, they'll figure out a way to get us back to 500, near 500, or or maybe even have a winning record at the end of the season. Those are the two. So Avon is just a – he's a coach that I'm I'm very high on. And um, like you said, putting Band-Aids on, on 
issues from last year, if there's any coach I believe from one year to the next can make the improvements, player continuity is a huge thing. And I believe that we have a good amount of guys coming back as opposed to last year when we were replacing a lot from the year before. And most of the guys that we were heavily relying on were either first year guys altogether, a la Tommy White, or first year in the program, we had multiple transfers who had to play uh, plenty of plenty of ball for us last year that I don't think it'll be that same amount of guys who are brand new here having to come in. And even if there are, there's not as much of the leadership core from last year gone as there was from the year before. I do agree. Yeah. So being the, uh, the de- departures I mentioned not that long ago, there wasn't that many. Uh, so that I think that is a great benefit to our team this year. Uh, you know, you mentioned transfers. I- I'm going to get into the transfers we have coming in right now. Uh, from D1 Baseball, they are a major uh, college baseball poll. They have us mm-hmm. ranked as 11th for incoming transfers this year. That's surprisingly high. I didn't think it was that high. When I looked, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. But this, uh, this incoming transfer class, probably led, I would say, by junior outfielder Carter Trice. He's coming to us from Old Dominion. Um, if you followed NC State baseball in the fall, we usually have some sort of scrimmage with Duke every other year. Uh, Carter Trice is the one that hit an absolute bomb to left field. Uh, very cool uh, clip to see for a transfer coming in. But, uh, you know, he he's a junior, spent his first two years at Old Dominion. His freshman year, he hit to a clip of 355. That is outstanding. Uh, 14 home runs, 17 doubles, 54 RBIs. Followed that up with a very strong sophomore season, 289 average, 17 home runs, 13 doubles, and 49 RBIs. Next, we have uh, a graduate outfielder from Davidson, Trevor Candelaria. He's another one that's arguably our most important transfer coming in. Um, Very, very good hitter. 285 average his junior year, 11 home runs. Senior year, followed that up with an even better performance. 342 average, 13 home runs, 19 doubles. Uh, Another guy from Davidson. He and Candelaria were a bit of a package deal like we saw with Palali and uh, LeJames Gruber this last year. Uh, we have Parker Nolan joining us from Davidson. He's another graduate outfielder. He hit to a clip of 310 last year. He was first team all A10 uh, with Davidson, 15 home runs, 50 RBIs. Uh, welcome to Raleigh. We can certainly use a bat like that. Um, likely to replace JT Jarrett. You know, there's there's probably some platooning that's going to be going on in second base, but I anticipate it will be Calais Harrison. He's a junior infielder from Texas A&M. Kind of has struggled with the bat. I'll be very blunt about that. Has struggled with the bat, but he brings a lot of uh, SEC baseball experience with him to Raleigh. Uh, pretty sure-handed defender, and I think that is probably the key selling point uh, in backing up JT Jarrett at second base. So very happy to have him. And then, as I mentioned, getting a couple key bullpen arms uh, to Raleigh this season. Rio Britton, a lefty uh, junior from Oregon. He was one of Oregon's probably arguable best bullpen pitchers last year. Uh, his record was 4-1. and one. He had a 320 ERA, 39 innings of work, and he had 35 strikeouts. That mm-hmm. is something we sorely missed in our bullpen last year. You know, I mentioned Kanan Silver was kind of, you know, thrust around a couple different roles because he's typically a very solid bullpen guy. I anticipate Rio Britton will come right in and pick up where Kanan left off. Um, another guy we picked up was another big lefty. I believe he's like six foot seven. Uh, he's a junior from Clemson. He didn't get a whole lot of run at Clemson. His name is PJ Labriola. Uh, that is another name to look out for this year. Didn't get a whole lot of action at Clemson. However, he did pitch in the Cape Cod league. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Baseball guys love to throw that around. Uh, so he's another guy to keep an eye on. 
And then another guy, uh, not, another not humongous. That, go ahead. That TikTok go ahead. where it's like, uh, oh, yeah, I hit 320 in the summer league. And they were like, which league? Cape Cod. And Cape, it, was like, yeah. it was like the red lights came on. And it was like, wait, what? He hit 300 Cape. over there. It's a pretty good, pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. They don't, I'll put it to you this way. They don't let anybody play in the Cape. So uh, welcome to Raleigh PJ. And then another pitcher to keep an eye on is uh, righty from Oklahoma. Oklahoma played in the national championship against Old Miss. Uh, his name is Creed Watkins. I believe he is 6'6". So a couple, uh, couple big jolly green giants coming into Raleigh uh, to join our bullpen. Hopefully they can add some uh, some horsepower. Uh, much, much needed after what we saw last year. Uh, and then if, do you have anything to add? I was just going to say, I think the reconstruction of this uh, bullpen is just, again, one of the things that you got to credit Elliot, Elliot Avent with in that. Again, when you talk about circling the wagon, when you talk about doing what it needs, what needs to be done in order for a team to see success, this is the type of stuff we're talking about, right? The bullpen, serious area of need last year, and you go out and get some of the best arms that are available in the country. That's what we love to see. Yeah. And then, uh, so I'll, I'll get in now to the key freshmen and I'll land playing we're going a little bit long because i could talk about baseball literally forever mm -hmm. uh so our key freshmen coming in our freshman class is ranked 19th nationally pretty strong class there uh they are headlined by outfielder michael gupton now let me tell you about some michael gupton uh his nickname is icy mike or at least that's what his instagram handle is uh that boy fast he was the number <laughs> one high school recruit coming out of north carolina ranked by perfect game he is a top 10 Outfielder ranked nationally. Here's here's where the fast part comes in. He ran. This is unofficial, however. He ran a five nine six sixty yard dash at the 2021 Perfect Game National Showcase. That is an unofficial world record. Uh, so Trey Turner, if you are listening to the podcast, your stolen base record may be in jeopardy. Uh, Michael Michael Gunning for you. It may be in danger. It may very well be in danger. Probably not. Uh, his his single season record is fifty seven in a season. That is that is alien speed. Um, Michael also hit for a high average in high school, so we're hoping this will translate well to NC State. He'll find himself uh, to be a main fixture in the in the lineup. Another big guy, uh, literally, he's I think he's six foot six. The number two high school recruit in North Carolina, Eli Serrano. Uh, I I project him to be our first baseman uh, to start the season. Um, a lot of people think it might be LeJames Groover. I think, I think if you want to get both bats in the lineup, you got to move Gino to third, and you got to have Eli play first. Big frame at first base. Uh, you know that's something you can't teach. You want to have a big, meaty first baseman. Eli fits the profile. Hit for a very high average in high school. High power. Hopefully, he makes an immediate impact. Uh, moving on, we have Isaiah Barkett. He is the son of Andy Barkett. He's a former NC State baseball player. He even won uh, the 2018 World Series with the Boston Red Sox as a hitting coach, which is pretty cool. Uh, Isaiah is an infielder. He's probably be vying for some platoon time between third base and maybe some second base, maybe even some shortstop if they decide to move Peyton Green around. Uh, but I believe he may be a key name. And the last key freshman in my eyes is Cannon Peebles. Uh, he's a catcher, the number one catcher coming out of the state of Virginia. Um, obviously, he will be backing up Jacob Cozart. We hope that Jacob Cozart can make, uh, you know, a, a, a big leap from what we saw last year. Um, pretty solid freshman campaign, but at times he did look like a freshman. So uh, I would anticipate Cannon Peebles probably get some run behind the dish this year. Uh, we're hoping that he can translate his high average. He hit for 534 in high school. Obviously, that's not ACC baseball, but 
We're right. hoping that translates on some level. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to be right back after work from our sponsor. But afterwards, I need you to give me a prediction on how you think this NC State team will do in terms of ceiling, floor, and all that good stuff in between. All right? All right. All righty. And we're back and we're going to land this thing. But Grayson, tell tell the folks. And I'm, I'm going to give you the whole screen here because I want you to truly get into this. What do you think is the ceiling and the floor of this NC State team next year, as well as what you think will actually happen? All right. So as far as the ceiling goes, you know, we finished with 36 wins last year. Like I mentioned, I anticipate reaching at least 38 to, to give Avent his 1,000th uh, win here at NC State. I believe the ceiling for this team is hosting a regional. Uh, you know, we are a very young team this year. I believe we only have three seniors. Uh, but we should be able to host a regional. That's something that was a staple, you know, through at least my time at college. I was in college 2016, 2019. Seemed like we were in a regional or hosted a regional every year. We have not hosted a regional since 2018. I believe, you know, with the renovations we're getting this year, what better time than now? Uh, you know, we have a young team, but I think we have a very talented team. I think it's very feasible to bring a regional back to Raleigh. You know, I mentioned this team is a better team, I believe, without Tommy White. Uh, that is, yeah, it is a, it is a bit of a hot take, but it's not necessarily all that connected to Tommy White. I think uh, the main emphasis being on defense and pitching, pitching probably even more so. Uh, you know, we're very happy to have a healthy Sam Highfield back. You know, another year of experience for Matt Willardson, for Whitaker. Uh, you know, got to have some strong performances. We got to have a, you know, a lower team ERA. Cannot give games away, you know, late late inning leads, you know, got to be able to hold on to those if you want to make the NCAA tournament. Um, and then it goes without saying, you know, we have some key returners. Gino Groover, who was – he didn't get the shine that Tommy White got last year for obvious reasons. Gino is arguably maybe even better. He hit for 364. He led the team in hits. He's going to be a key piece of the offense this year. Uh, Noah Souls as well, junior outfielder. He hit for 321 last year. We we kept a lot of the key pieces that made the engine run last year. You know, we're adding in some transfers. We're adding in some key freshmen. I do believe we can get to the NCAA tournament this year, and I hope it's hosting, not just making, but hosting our own regional here in Raleigh. All righty. Well, you heard it here first, folks. We will see how this team does against their predictions, and trust me, we will. We we're going to be all over baseball. We're going to be on it. We're going to be talking about baseball because, again, with the renovations that are being made, with how much we believe in Coach Avon and with what we're seeing in terms of having uh, being ranked in the top 25 or near the top 25 by a lot of different outlets and whatnot, we are going to uh, make sure that we have an emphasis on baseball this year. And we've got a baseball guy as our full-time, part-time co-host or our full-time co-host here. So um, we'll definitely be talking Tons of NC State baseball going forward. But right now, we're in the middle of basketball season. And tomorrow, we're going to bring you an in-depth look at the um, Notre Dame and NC State game that is going to be taking place Saturday. Or we may save that for Friday. Stay, stand by on that. But anywho, thank y'all so very much for coming out. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack. Our Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 